Welcome to Episode Party, a podcast where we talk about our favourite podcasts. I'm Freddie Harrison. I'm Jack Tudor. And we are joined this episode by Ian McKinnon. Woohoo! Hello, guys. Nice to be here. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. Jack, let's not muck about. You're first up. Tell us about your podcast. Sure thing. So, my recommendation to you guys was The Heart, um, which is part of the Radiotopia network, presented by Caitlin Prest. And it used to be a radio show, actually, called Audio Smut as well, uh, and then transitioned to being a podcast. And it's a show that centres on uh, love intimacy sexuality relationships and the way really the way that these concepts kind of sit so awkwardly inside the human body i mean the show has actually stopped making new episodes um but the stories don't really have an expiration date because they're about relationships and stuff so there's nothing to stop you going back into the archives if you so wish um so like everything on radiotopia it's super produced everything is very nicely sculpted uh, it's one of those kind of very narrative driven shows where the narratives are, are very carefully crafted and there's a, a lot of incidental audio and things dropped in and filled recordings and all sorts and uh, but the key thing with this one i think is that there's something quite mushy and uh, imperfect about it. it hasn't got that pristineness that a lot of those radiotopia shows tend to have um, there's a lot of uh, whispers and body movements and a lot of saliva clacking as well. It's quite a headphone <laughs> listen. It's very visceral. <laughs> it's a lot on the headphones. But, um, but it's also like intimate sounds of another sort, which is those kind of like incidental, very private conversations and audio that's been recorded on clearly quite low fidelity microphones like they're clearly audio files in the sense that they alter what microphone they're using to get a different effect so sometimes you'll get more breath and it'll be quite noise noisy and plosive and other times it's like super crystal clear other times it's a big immersive field recording that wraps around you of like a restaurant or something like that and I, I just I love the way that they produce this show. I think they clearly understand their subject matter so much. I think they understand the uh, both the discomfort and the warmth that can come through in these kind of concepts. Like it's uh, love can be a complicated thing, sex can be a complicated thing, and I think they really put all of that into the show. And the episode that I picked out for you guys to listen to um, was one called uh, Caitlin and Mitra part one there's two parts to this one and it actually centers on the start of the creative collaboration between the two main people behind the heart which are caitlin prest and producer mitra gaboli there's a lot of obvious parallels between love and this kind of collaborative uh, creative relationship i mean in fact they're almost indistinguishable if you just came into this not knowing how these two people were related a lot of the way that this is conveyed is exactly like a story of love and one that doesn't always go you know two people as well um, but it really demonstrates the heart at its best as far as I'm concerned like it's 
quite poetic but not in a way that kind of makes you roll your eyes and like yeah but what are you really saying i think it stays kind of like on task and you understand what's what's going on it's still very vivid and very real uh, there's a lot of boards of canada in the soundtrack as well who are one of my fave bands um uh, i did pick another episode as well because the one that i selected seemed to disappear from podcast feeds for some weird reason so i also suggested the episode uh, the god and the gays uh, which was written and produced by phoebe wang who joined the heart later down the line and that's a story of how uh, Phoebe is trying to reconcile uh, her status as someone who was gay but also someone who grew up Christian so she has a lot of friends who are still Christian who struggle to reconcile their personal affection with uh, her sexuality and obviously the moral framework through which they're seeing that and it's a very fraught story and I I think has a lot of nuance and intimacy to it Uh, but I've babbled quite enough Um, (laughs) I really like the podcast uh, and do you know what it was really nice to revisit this because it's one that's lingered in my head for a while but I haven't actually listened for a while so uh, well because they've stopped making episodes but it was you know nice to dive back in and feel that uh, my sentiments towards it are still very strong freddie what you reckon well jack that was utterly breathless in your uh (laughs) (laughs) how do you follow that (laughs) exactly i mean this is the thing my 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 responses are usually much more subdued and a little more sparse but i'll do my best i mean i i really like the heart and this is the first time that i've listened to it deliberately i guess is a good way of putting it because being a radiotopia show there's occasional cross promotion and i've definitely heard uh at least bits of the heart or previews of the heart or episodes from the heart on on things like 99% Invisible. Um, mm. We've also discussed um, Meet, the podcast by Jonathan Zenti on the show before, which premiered on The Heart, yes, um, which was part of um, a Radiotopia thing that they did. Um, so I've kind of heard The Heart without hearing The Heart, but it was nice to dive into like a couple of episodes that are out of the context of another show because I find that like listening to The Heart via 99% Invisible it kind of colours it a little bit because you get an introduction by Roman Mars and then you start expecting a 99% Invisible episode and all of a sudden it's not. And that's totally fine. Um, So it was really, really nice to listen to it completely in its own context. And I really, really enjoyed both of the episodes you you suggested, Jack. I thought Caitlin and Mitra was um, brilliant in the way that it kind of played off this um, comparison between a creative partnership and a a marital partnership and... uh, Mm. I think I was listening early in the morning, so I probably wasn't quite with it. But for about half of it, I was going. Oh, so they are they married? Have they got married? When are they getting married? Um, <laughs> what, where am I? Yeah, and I, I didn't even I didn't even kind of clock that it was it was a metaphor, which probably says a lot more for my intelligence um, at about seven o'clock in the morning than it does about the show. But I did like I did like the writing in that, and I think that's one of the things that stuck out for me was um, how well written everything is and how deliberate everything is. Mm. Um, and I guess to some people that's can be a turn off. I guess to some people they they'd love you know they like their podcast a bit more off the hoof, a little yeah. more improvised. But you know I think there's a place for really heavily scripted, heavily edited, heavily curated podcasts. And I think the the nice thing about something like the heart is you know if you're going to do that style, if you're going to go to those lengths, do it well and do it meticulously. And I think the heart does an amazing job of that. I think there's nothing about this podcast that's not completely deliberate and um you know very very intentional and i really really enjoyed that 
so yeah i thought both episodes you recommended jack were brilliant and i thought it was really interesting that the the two episodes you recommended were very very specific and personal to the hosts mm-hmm. i don't think yeah. that's right for every podcast um, every episode they do is it no no, no, no. so it was it was kind of cool that, that that was the case um and i guess that just lent this whole other level of intimacy to it i mean it's already an extremely intimate podcast i mean you know you've got you've got the presenters talking extremely close to the mic you know they're very much it very much feels like they're whispering in your ear not least because sometimes they are whispering (laughs) actually whispering in your ear yes (laughs) exactly so um you know but it feels like you're being you know shared a story that no one else is listening to um which is quite nice in a way depending on how you're feeling at the time and um yeah I really, really enjoyed it. I think we've we've gone on far too long without bringing Ian in. So, Ian, please, please rescue our listeners from our monotony. I, 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 I felt like I was just listening to another episode of uh, Episode Party. Uh, <laughs> that's weird. It's like, oh, I can join in now. This is cool. Yeah. Um, what did I think about it? Okay, I... I kind of I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with both of you, and yet slightly step back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think production-wise, it's incredibly polished, and mm. that for me, as somebody who produces podcasts, um, I respect the sheer effort and single-mindedness to be able to deliver that polished a piece of audio. I mean, it, it's quite spectacular the amount of efforts that they have clearly gone to to get things sounding that way. Um, mm. But like Freddie was saying, I personally, I'm one of these people who prefer something a little bit more kind of off the cuff, not quite so, you know, nailed down. And it it, it's, it can, at times for me, it just felt almost, almost slightly overcrafted, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But at the same time, uh, I'm a firm believer in the power and necessity of story. Uh, I've long believed that story is effectively what makes us human. And anything that delivers story in an appealing and interesting, engaging way is something that I can get on board with. Uh, Even if, as it is in this case, it can be uncomfortable at times yeah <laughs> um and yeah i I'm, I'm trying to choose my words reasonably carefully here but it can be an uncomfortable listen um not least of which because as we've already mentioned a few times there the level of intimacy intimacy is quite high and you can kind of feel almost like Oh, should I be here? You know. Yeah, I'll leave you guys to it. Yeah, it's like okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll just I'll just step aside here and just let you get on with it for a bit. Yeah. You know, um, and so yeah, so there's that kind of thing. But also, um, because they have that level of openness, it means that they're not afraid of going into issues and discussing things which are frankly very very difficult to deal with um in terms of the two episodes that we listened to i definitely enjoyed the um god and the gaze episode much more than i did the caitlin and mitra one and that may be because coming like from my own cultural background i kind of associated much more with that sort of christian upbringing and trying to then come to terms with you know a different view of the world that you hadn't really been exposed to in your childhood and having to kind of, you know, readjust, you know, how you view 
people and beliefs and rights and mm. wrongs and you know mm. and, and trying to trying to make sense of that for yourself uh, I really appreciated that I thought it was a particularly good episode and the fact that that episode actually had so much as you called it field audio which is basically stuff that was recorded right there and then with the people that she's talking yeah. about in the episode I thought that was wow and to be able to get people I mean all credit to the, the folks that she was talking to to be actually willing to go on record yeah, saying some yeah. of the things that they were saying and being as honest as they were, although it wasn't what she necessarily wanted to hear from them, the fact that they were willing to actually be recorded saying these things kind of was like, wow. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. There was the pastor. Was it mm-hmm. the pastor? And you're hearing oh, him crying. Word. Yeah, it just, but also as well, I mean, has the most sincere and unflinching confrontation with his own emotions on it which i've never heard uh, you know i don't think i would have the um courage personally to speak so openly and so like coherently about the things that make me so inherently uh, uncomfortable but it's just like amazing for me i mean i am i am a person i am a person of faith Mm. uh and i find uh, these are things which, you know, to this day I still struggle with. And it kind of was a way of expressing that struggle. And uh, the conclusion that she comes to at the end, which is basically that there kind of is no conclusion, yeah. is, is kind of that same limbo that I find myself being sort of thrown into. And so it, it's nice to know in many ways, like, it's like misery loves company. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the, the fact that, you know, it's not just you or, you know, your friends that are having these struggles of trying to make sense of the world. You know, we're all in it together. And quite frankly, as I say, you know, as, as, a, as a Christian, as a person of faith, I think it would actually do an awful lot of people within Christian circles a lot of good to listen to this and really get a sense of you know maybe how things are viewed from the other side and Mm. i think the more we have understanding of you know differing points of view and be able to have that kind of honest open sort of discussion about things and just putting our hearts on our sleeves um i think everybody would do a whole lot better off if we did that i think what's fascinating is um speaking as someone who isn't from faith i was really interested uh, as I was listening, I was like, what is this experience like as a listening experience for someone who is on the other side? Because mm. I think what makes this so nuanced and balanced from what I can understand, uh, having no direct experience of the other side, but it felt like be- she was genuinely straddling those two worlds and was yeah. not mm-hmm. trying in some sort of act of diplomacy to reach out and speak for the other side in absence of it it was yeah, like, like sometimes you'll watch a documentary where somebody's obviously coming in with an agenda they're coming in you know and and they basically want to expose the other side as being you know a negative thing but yeah you really felt with her that she was genuinely trying to find a bridge yeah absolutely like and yeah that's definitely for for, for me what made it so compelling and i think that's the kind of thing where as you say you get out the other side and there is no answer those two elements are still um coming against each other and i think had there been a resolution uh, it would have had to have come from falling down on one side of the other which would have felt like a real 
you know duff thing to do yeah, after yeah something yeah. that's you know got such a a, a sort of a back and forth rhythm to it or like this mm-hmm. oscillating tension to it but um i mean it's to to pick up as well on uh, your uh, point about the kind of podcast that you uh, listen to i mean i i guess ian as well that kind of links in with a podcast that you like to make i mean there's a a lot of like open conversation and a lot of like raw mm-hmm. interaction between people i mean is yep. that where your kind of central interest in podcasts resides like those kind of uh, discussions rather than something i, that's I think so like this? i mean i think what got me into podcasting in the first place was the kind of water cooler kind of idea mm-hmm. uh you know discussing initially it was discussing tv shows and not having friends around to discuss the things that i like discussing you know because i live in a pokey little island out in the middle of the atlantic (laughs) (laughs) you know and so not having kind of my having geeky nerdy friends to be able to bounce all of these things off of was really what i wanted Mm. um and you know finding your tribe finding your people and and being able to have these conversations and bounce things off of each other and just spitballing you know that's I think the kind of interaction that I look for in my podcasts generally. Although, to be fair, I also do like various kind of heavily scripted things. For example, like Welcome to Night Vale is one thing that I've really enjoyed listening to, which I mean, heavens above, that is incredibly crafted, incredibly written, you know. But at the same time, it has, because it's got that element of story behind it and it comes off as being a more live feeling thing because it is, you know, framed as a radio broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel quite that nailed down, you know. But yes. uh, I do, I do like the spontaneity. Yeah, and because Fred's, I mean, we we come back to this quite a lot in that both me and you are interests probably lie on opposite end of the spectrum generally i mean it's kind of funny that i've picked the heart because actually if i had to pin it down it's more of a freddy show than a jack show but (laughs) you know hey (laughs) we cross over every now and then but you're yeah that's the impression i get from you anyway fred yeah i mean i i um it's funny Ian, when you was when you were talking there you picked up on something that i perhaps um didn't think about earlier which i was i was too busy praising how brilliantly put together it is to remember that actually there were points in that where i did find it extremely awkward as well <laughs> yeah. and, and you know in, in yeah. a similar way that you know i said oh you know it's like you're being told something that you've been no one else is being told and it's just you being told these things at the same time when someone's whispering in your ear and telling you something that it's just you know a little bit awkward or a little too personal for your liking it it does jar you and mm-hmm. um I think that's healthy, and I think you know, we, you know, we as we've discussed earlier, it, it's good to hear those different viewpoints. Yeah. But I think sometimes it's it's nice to have. I think you know, we go, we talk about our taste, but it's nice to have something in your kind of uh, podcast queue of, of of shows that that just jars you a little bit, you mm. know, in a, in a good way, in a, in a way that you know you feel more rounded as a human being. For yeah, it stops to the you end getting and, it stops you getting entrenched and complacent in yes. in your thought processes, you know. <laughs> Yeah, indeed. Ian, tell us about your recommendation. Well, talking about spontaneity, <laughs> my po- my podcast recommendation was uh, the incomparable game show, and specifically uh, the episode that I gave you guys to listen to was an episode of Low Definition. I've listened to the Incomparable Network for quite a long time now. Again, it fits into my water cooler mentality. Bunch of people mm. coming together talking about nerdy topics, be it TV shows, movies, <laughs> comic books, you name it. And I've loved everything that they've done. But I think the thing that I've enjoyed the most of all the things that the Incomparable 
incomparable has done has been the game show where a bunch of them who have been now podcasting together for many many years and you can tell that these people are friends yes um they get together and they play games Quite simply, they play games. Occasionally they play Trivial Pursuit. Occasionally they play something which resembles Family Fortunes or Family Feud if you're in the US, but not quite. Um, (laughs) And in this particular instance, it's a game which I think I described as being not 100 miles away from Balderdash. Right. (laughs) And it's just jolly good fun. Um, (laughs) It makes a very entertaining listen. Uh, You get a lot of very clever people, very funny people. Uh, A lot of them are either uh, tech journalists or involved in the, you know, in in various other podcasts and things like that. So these are people who are used to kind of uh, being fairly spontaneous, being clever, being funny, and all piling together and just having a a good laugh with each other yeah. uh, framed within within that framework of a game show um, the one that I p- actually picked I could have picked any number of them and some of them may have been funnier than the one that I actually chose but I just randomly picked that one as a pretty decent example of what goes on so uh, for those of you who maybe haven't heard it yet in uh, low definition, uh, the host of the show, Steve Lutz, uh, picks various words. Some of them may be listener words, that, words that have been submitted by uh, fans of the show. And the others have to, uh, if they know what the meaning of the word, they send that definition through. If they do not know the meaning of the word, they create what they think might be the definition of that word and send that through. And then everybody picks which ones they think is right and points are awarded accordingly. Uh, usually with much merriment and... Um, yeah, and hilarity ensues. <laughs> so, yeah, I just love it. I just think it's a, a lot of fun. It's it's one of these things that you can listen to doing just about anything. Yes. But uh, it doesn't require... I mean, some podcasts I find that I have to listen to them in a particular situation. I would have to listen to them while, for example, you know, lying in bed or while sitting out in the garden having a coffee. But this is the kind of thing that it's... It's, I guess in many ways, it's kind of audio fluff, um, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, it is engaging, and it's the kind of thing that if you happen to be listening to it while walking around the supermarket, occasionally <laughs> you will be in danger of embarrassing yourself tremendously when you suddenly burst into uproarious laughter around the frozen food section, and people are looking at you as if you have lost your mind. Yeah. So, anyway, um, that's that was my take. Uh, what what did you reckon? Let's go. Let's go to. Let's shall we go to Jack? Let's throw it oh, to Jack. Let's 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 go to me. I should say, Freddie and I are rec- um, recording in the same room for the very first time, and uh, <gasps> usually. I know, right? But someone usually says, so what do you guys think of it? And then one of us has to awkwardly pick who, who goes first. So I did a very overt, like, pointing at Freddie. Uh, and then you selected me to go first, which completely... Uh, we, we've got to get used to this being in the same room. Freds will get there. Um, but, speak. I mean, actually, this leads quite nicely onto my thoughts on the uh, incomparable game show. I mean, this was, yeah, so much fun. And I think it's so obvious that everyone involved is having like a really good time they're constantly mm-hmm. sort of jibing each other and joking with each other and uh, the thing that i think really hits that home is those moments of silence so um when everyone has to submit their definitions um yeah. when you hear it by the time you hear it they put a musical bed down but you can just tell that f- silence is like kind of a twitchy sort of giggly silence
silence, you know, the one that you'd get yeah. in exams and stuff like that at school. Um, can, can, can I pause just, you there, actually, and yeah. say, uh, I'm, I, I'm signed up as a member to The Incomparable, and one of the things that they give you in The Incomparable when you're a member is they give you the unedited bootlegs. Ah! Oh, wow. And I have to say, the unedited bootlegs of the game show are the absolute best. <laughs> because you hear these lengthy, lengthy silences while people are frantically clacking away on their keyboards, and then you hear Steve Lutz, the host, just bursting into uproarious laughter when somebody <laughs> has submitted their definition. Um, it's oh, brilliant. Wow. It, it's that's worth it just so for good. that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the definitely the impression I got is that like it's this thing where it's always kind of on the verge of bursting. Like everyone's kind of so primed to laugh because I think the situation in itself, I think it's so ripe for humour. I mean. Uh, it's one of those things where, you know, if you think of any game show or anything that involves uh, games like Trivial Pursuit, as you said, those are things that are primarily there to engage with personally in the same room at the same time. And you, you kind yeah. of think intellectually, oh, the most optimal environment for those things is to be in person with each other. But what this really shows, I think, is that the remote kind of recording setup, I mean, I get the impression that everyone's in their own, you know, studio or whatever. And this is actually, I think they mentioned the Skype call at one point, so Mm -hmm. it's being governed by Skype. But actually, it uses it to its advantage because it really pulls on that thing that you get with kind of internet humor where it's funny to cause trouble from behind a screen (laughs) and that's like the central thing is people kind of like post their definitions in like anonymously and then just wait and see what happens and it had that kind of feel of almost like a a, an old chat room or something like it was exactly I felt very nostalgic. Well, you're, you're talking to somebody who runs a D&D podcast here. So <laughs> this is, you know. Yeah, yeah, preaching to the choir in a big way here. But like, yeah, uh, yeah it just had that sort of enclosed feeling of people um, talking to each other, like accumulating in-jokes, um, mm-hmm. playing off each other in a way that felt incredibly intimate and did make me realise that those kind of conversations have dissipated somewhat since, you know, now our internet interactions are over these sprawling networks where anyone can take part there's no chance to incubate any energy and really make the most of it um i thought the game itself was wicked um you know that the the fact that everyone had to submit their own definitions and i think it's one of those games and this surely is the marker of a really good game where you can't help but try and make up your own definitions exactly you know try and like piece together and go do you know what i don't think i would ever thought of that uh and obviously (laughs) you're playing along as well And, and and the other thing as well is that it's quite long. It's like an hour and a half, but they break it up with different games as well. I think Steve Lutz yeah. orchestrates it in a way that keeps the energy going. I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, the the actual uh, word game itself is something that I get the impression you get better over time. And even as a listener, mm-hmm. as I was, I was like, okay, I'm getting the hang of this. And so yeah. it's good to have a few rounds. But the fact they've got some other games, like the one where they had to, was it Canada Man, where they have to identify. Oh, yes. <laughs> And the, and, the, and the Google Autocomplete one is another favourite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which was great because, uh, you know, Stuart Lee, the UK comedian, managed to worm his way into yes. uh, an incomparable <laughs> game show episode. So, yeah, I loved it. I think Steve Lutz is really funny as well and really silly in a way that I can only approve of. Um, so <laughs> this was an excellent find. And as you say, like, something that I will just be listening to around the house uh, when I just 
need uh, some kind of release mm-hmm. valve in my life to just unwind and enjoy something. So yeah, mm. top, loved it. Uh, thank you so much for putting it in my direction. Um, Freddie, I'm going to point at you again, even oh. though I'm singing <laughs> at my voice, <laughs> pointing at me. But what's funny is there's also some kind of like makeshift uh, battle <laughs> slash divider between the two of us. So I actually just saw kind of a disembodied hand <laughs> over the top pointing at me. furiously over the cushions. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I am still relatively new to the world of podcasts on which games are played. Um, so this was um, a real joy for me and a real kind of um reminder of of how just how like engaging and inclusive they can feel because i think if you are completely unaware of that kind of genre of podcasting from the outside and you're completely new to it and you've never listened to a podcast like that before i think potentially the idea of a bunch of people who you don't know necessarily <laughs> just yet if this is your first time listening to a podcast it's playing a game in a room that's not in the room that you're in and you can just kind of listen in but you can't interact with it could sound like the worst idea in the world but actually <laughs> exactly these things work really well um but i think it comes down to a few things and i think you know one of those things is how likable the people are that you can yeah. hear playing the game and i think that the um the kind of panel of guests on uh, on on the incomparable are, are, are generally brilliant um i mean we had kathy campbell on super yeah, recently um, yes yes we um, love kathy <laughs> um i i listened to a, um, a couple of shows with jason snell so I'm, I'm very familiar with him and um, Tiff Arment as well um, yeah. a real big fan of, of some of the stuff she's done we actually covered off one of the podcasts she's on with Cathy uh, last time so you know th- there's some familiar voices in there which really really helps but yeah. they're all extremely likeable and interesting people which I think makes a big difference and um, you know the other thing is that y- you've got a great host in Steve Lutz and he's, he's so brilliant at tying the whole thing together yeah. um, keeping the whole thing moving which I, you know, is a product of the edit as well, of course. But you know, there's still got to be someone that leads the way, but doesn't overpower everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a there's a danger when you are the host, or you're leading a game, or you're setting the rules, or you're you know in charge and you're you know awarding the points that you can become um, you can go a bit overboard on the leadership. I think yeah, it's you a could good way of putting to it. dominate a little bit too much. Yeah. Exactly, and I, I think I think he he strikes that balance really well between mm-hmm. keeping things moving and and. And, and you know uh, keeping things going but without overpowering it and you know making sure that kind of the whole thing feels kind of cohesive and that everyone is involved so i really really enjoyed it i mean it helps as well the game is you know can be brilliantly hilarious which it which it was pretty much the whole way through <laughs> um i ended up listening to this in like three parts just because my walk to work yeah. is about half an hour so I, I actually listened to it you know on the way on the way there one morning on the way back another morning i finished it off on the way there this morning morning so but even then it was really nice to kind of pick it up and drop it off and enjoy that journey and mm. like you know we we said before it's one of these one of these shows that you can definitely be doing other stuff as you're listening to it um and that's what i really really enjoyed about it so you know like jack i think i'll, I'll i will for sure be picking up other episodes of this to uh, yeah. listen to when i want something uh, uplifting and entertaining as i'm you know going about my day I'll, I'll let folks know as well that um Although the one that we had was the kind of balderdash themed episode, there have been other ones. Like we mentioned the Trivial Pursuit one. There's a particularly amusing uh, subset of Trivial Pursuit ones where 
they have an all-American team of panelists. But uh, Anthony Johnston, uh, comic book writer, uh, the guy who wrote uh, Atomic Blonde, actually. Oh, wow. He actually hosts it. Uh, and it's the UK version of Trivial Pursuit. And it's all Americans <laughs> answering the questions. So they're all trying to answer these questions about cricket and, like, who won the FA Cup in 1986. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's so cool. Absolutely hysterical. That's particularly good. And uh, another favourite subset of... Um, of incomparable game shows is um, there are these uh, these games. Uh, you remember the the nineteen eighties uh, text adventure games? Where um, you would, uh, do, do you, Fred? Because both neither of us lived a day of the eighties, Freddie. Oh well, that's that's unfortunate. <laughs> you you may know what I'm talking about though here, which is that we you know you, you were playing a video game, but it was there was no actual video. It was really just text on your screen, and you would type in commands. You know, look left or look up or you know pick up such and such you'd actually physically type these things in (laughs) and then a response would be generated well some bunch of clever sods have actually put together uh basically a, a pdf of these kind of text adventure type things that you can play with human beings in a room uh, where one person acts as the computer that's basically the host and everybody else is typing in like these commands which can be parsed by the machine and it is absolutely hilarious there's one called Action Castle that they do and I have to say if you're looking for a laugh listen to Action Castle as these people struggle valiantly to try and make sense of this world which is being <laughs> spouted by, back at them by uh, Tony Sindelar who's hosting it it's it's marvellous oh, uh, they do another one in a jungle adventure it's the same exact thing but one of the players gets hopelessly lost and can't understand what the heck's going on and the unedited <laughs> version of that reduced me to floods of tears of laughter <laughs> like I was helpless I was I was walking my dog may he rest in peace at the time that I was listening and I actually had to stop and sit down on a wall because I couldn't see where I was going with the tears <laughs> flooding down my face as I listened to these poor people trying desperately because they all had to take turns and this person who didn't understand what was going on was basically screwing it up for everybody else and they were getting so <laughs> mad at it <laughs> marvellous so yeah definitely worth delving into I would say oh fantastic well top marks for your recommendation ding 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 thank you sir (laughs) Uh, was ding 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 a reference to low definition just then when they get stuff right it wasn't strong enough um, (laughs) but you know what I went with it and I have no regrets great I'm happy with that which, which leads me on to a more serious podcast recommendation, I suppose. This is probably not one that you're going to find yourself in floods of tears and unable to see where you're going, um, but hopefully enjoyable all the same. So this is the tip-off. It depends. It depends if you've been in- involved in tax evasion. <laughs> this is it, yeah. I think I'm imagining there are a few people out there who've probably got offshore companies who aren't such a, you know, aren't feeling so great about this, but are definitely crying not for reasons of humour. Um, this, this, this is the tip-off. Um, and it's a podcast that kind of goes behind <coughs> the scenes of of big investigative journalism stories. And um, we, we've said this on Episode Party a few times before, but Jack and I both have a journalism background. We both uh, studied at a university and I worked as a journalist for a little while. So we both kind of 
can get a bit nerdy about this kind of stuff. And mm. um, so as soon as I saw this podcast, uh, I can't remember where it, someone recommended it to me, I think. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, OK, I can I can see myself getting into that. And I thought, well, the best place to start really is is with the episode about the Panama Papers, because at the time that was just literally just come out. And I remember reading about it all um, when it had come out. So this 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 felt really, really um, up to date for me. And it felt like a good place to jump in. And I, I think it is. And yeah, I, I, I like this podcast for, for a few reasons. Um, first of all, yeah, it kind of scratches that itch of um, kind of the the ex journalist who uh, knows how much work goes into putting together these. <laughs> kind of stories um it also gives me a bit of an understanding of the story itself in a way that you don't get from just reading the news because you're so consumed by the scandal or you know the information that you don't necessarily uh, think about the mechanics of what's going on and why it's important and i think Jack and I have spoke about this before, but there's a lot of merit in revisiting old news and 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 thinking about it from, from a from a vantage point of well, why did it matter or why does it still matter and what kind of consequences does it have? And I think, you know, th- that isn't what this podcast is about necessarily, but I think it does somewhat do that job of kind of giving you that little bit more information in this case this was the largest leak of information of all time and i think still is and you know the third thing that i really really love about this show is that it it delves into the kind of the mechanics of how those stories are created and they often kind of unglamorous uh, mechanics of it. It wasn't in this episode that there was a different episode that I listened to where we were talking about a, a poor guy who was sitting in a, in, a, in a room with no windows in the middle of summer, searching through people's like bank statements. You know, and it's and it, it just reminds you that there's a lot of work that goes into these things. And I think you know, a lot of journalism rightfully gets a bad name these days because it is cheap mm-hmm. and it is mostly made up, and you know, it's not good <laughs> stuff. But you know, <laughs> stuff like this is is brilliant, and um, and I think there's you know there's a lot of merit in it and without knowing these things you know the world wouldn't change and i don't want to kind of grandize it too much but i just really really love that kind of behind the scenes look that this gives yeah um which i really really enjoyed um ian what did you think well i said at the get-go tonight that i think stories make the world go round and this doubly scratches that itch for me because it's not just stories, it's stories about stories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is magnificent. Um, and also, like you said, uh, we, as consumers of media, we tend to have a very surface interaction with that media. We don't tend to think too hard about what it took to get there. I mean, you know, we were talking even before we started tonight there about, you know, editing podcasts. And that's something that most people who consume podcasts don't really think about all that hard. Hmm. But when you're involved in it, it becomes a big thing. And to see what kind of goes into making the sausage, as it were, uh, Hmm. is for somebody outside that world... It's fascinating. I mean, I've had ties with the media. I've worked in media, but not necessarily in the journalism side of media. Uh, And so that's something I've I've not really experienced. And being able to put a face or, if you like, a voice to a story that was, you know, so huge and seeing what the kind of nuts and bolts of what it meant to get that story out there, I found this absolutely intriguing. Mm. I really did. I mean, I, I can tell you now, Although I listened to one episode, I am definitely, definitely going to be going back to listen to more of this. Because 
I just found it fascinating. I found it. I, I had no idea of of the mechanics and the the kind of almost the, the rules and regulations involved in the release of a story. Mm. Of you know even you know putting the you know the people who are being implicated or whatnot putting the stuff to them before it ever gets near the yeah. press. You know and. And and them having right to reply and all of this kind of stuff. It's like, wow, I didn't think about any of that, <laughs> you know. And and it's a huge part of it. And that sense of like as they're describing, you know, as they're getting close to the point where they're allowed to release the story and everyone's kind of hanging on, hanging on, hanging on. And then all of a sudden, there's an internet leak of the leaked story, and yeah. you're like, what? What? <laughs> what is going on here? I, I nearly screamed at that point. I mean, it was it was legitimately tense listening. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a testament to how well crafted the the actual podcast itself was in terms of you know, delivering that story in a way that made narrative sense and and, and was in and of itself a story. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I, I just thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I can only echo that. And in fact, you've picked up on a couple of points that really stood out for me, Ian. I mean, what I should say is that. Um, I do indeed. I studied journalism with Freddie, but um, mm-hmm. I was shockingly bad at anything news-related <laughs> on the degree. I mean, I just, you know, I, I remember doing a work experience in my local paper, and the guy at the Gazette said that I have no news sense. Uh, wow. And he tapped the words that were written down on my feedback sheet and said, no <laughs> news sense. I remember that. That's, that's a crushing indictment, isn't it? I know. I can't believe it. So... Um, while I did study, you know, journalism, I mean, I took to the sort of uh, more writing, insular, um, sort of writing about music and, and arts and stuff like that. Things in my, you know, little bubble of creativity rather than anything to do with the news. Um, but nowadays and, uh, you know, in recent times have sort of recovered and salvaged what is, I think, a, a real interest in the mechanics of how these things come together. And what is so wonderful about this, and I think you've both said it, is that it just highlights all the things that you don't consider that go into extracting something newsworthy out of this great mound of data, which is, when it arrives, I mean, I think you get the impression, in my head, you know, when I saw the Panama Papers kind of break, I got the impression that they got this leak, this bulk of files, they opened it up and they're like, ooh, quick, start typing, and they had a story, you know, that day. (laughs) No. (laughs) The whole process in between is just an absolute revelation. I mean, even the 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 fact that you know they had to find somewhere to upload and store and make accessible these terabytes of data to loads of journalists. Um, I thought the uh, tension of journalistic collaboration was super interesting because you're trying to um, draw together expertise, which ultimately exists to um, push stuff into the open. So how do you get insular collaboration between people whose very reflexes tell them that they should be, you know, telling people about it? And I thought the whole discussion yeah. on that was was excellent. Um, mm-hmm. Ian, as you said, I mean, the fact that, uh, you know, not only were they able to draw news stories out of this data leak, but the, the tip-off was actually able to extract a story out of something that sprawled in 
all directions and involved people in different countries and things happening concurrently. And the fact, I, I think it was really clever um, that Meave, like concentrated on just three main characters and three main proponents mm-hmm. of what brought this story into being. I thought that was really clever. And the fact that they're all situated in different places around the world sort of kept the, the scope of that open as well. I mean, it's just great. I lo- love hearing. It's so satisfying to hear this gigantic mess at the beginning, this big bulk of files, be just um, funneled into a point where suddenly it's this huge uh, newsworthy thing uh, and something that's just exploded over the front pages and actually gets people you know what, up and listening. Well, you know what it's kind of like? It's, it's kind of like... It's as if your daily newspaper came with, like, uh, DVD extras... <laughs> you know, yeah. like bon- yes. you know like the bonus behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. And and you get to see I, I like you know when they do that with wildlife documentaries sometimes like the right. last 10 minutes will be like how they actually filmed this section or whatever. I love that stuff. Yeah, that yeah. really gets me off. And <laughs> and this this just got me in that exact same zone. It's that kind of like ooh ooh this is how they did it. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I should add as well that you know this one has its own merits in the sense that you know, like Jack said, you're they're bringing together literally over a hundred different journalists from different yeah. countries, and you know, there's always this worry that you know someone's going to go, okay, you know, sod it, we'll just we'll just hit publish on this and and leak it now because mm-hmm, it's it's mm-hmm. worth it, and uh, and you know it, it, there was the whole convincing each other that it's always going to be better than the sum of its parts, and 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 the, you know the, the the team at the um the ICIJ who had to kind of bring it all together and you know make sure that everyone had access to these you know 11 odd terabytes of data which is an insane amount of what is effectively just pdf documents you know yeah um uh, you know i can't believe it and to make it all searchable and you know you've got people in different languages looking at them and all the rest of it it's insane um but i should say that you know when you get beyond this episode of 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 the tip-off there are other episodes that have their own kind of interest I, i started um I think it's a three-part series about a a, a string of murders um, or mysterious deaths, and and that's really interesting in its own right because that becomes more like a murder mystery, um, but it's done through <laughs> done through the lens of, of 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 this journalist who is investigating it and finding out these little details that start to link things together, and you know how things do and don't start to add up. And that, obviously, in its own right, is another completely interesting thing. I think, you know, mm-hmm. like I say, I, I, I chose the Panama Papers one because it's a story that most people are very familiar with. But even listening to this this other three-part series that I've, I've only one episode in or so, that I don't actually know the original story, I still find it incredibly fascinating. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think, Ian, I think that does sum it up. It's like if your local paper or your daily newspaper came with its own DVD extras, I think I think there's a line to be stolen there. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Of, you know, yeah. I should have been a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I am um, glad you've both found it as fascinating as I did. Hooray! Um, I mean, Ian, you're obviously a podcaster yourself. We've spoken about this a couple of times throughout this this episode. You, you know, you've mentioned the fact that y- you you make these things as well. Um, I mean, <laughs> for my sins, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, nerd therapy. As I said um, when we both guested on uh, Kathy Campbell's podcast, "Friends in Your Ears." God, the whole podcasting about podcasts is so incestuous. 
sounds really kind of incestuous, isn't it? (laughs) But uh, you just sound like you're having an absolute really great time. I mean, how? uh, what I'm intrigued to know is, like, you've been doing the podcast for a while now. Has it changed while you've been doing it? Has, Has there been anything that you've noticed which, you know, does anything feel differently than when you started doing it? Or does it still feel as it did? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, In one sense, no. Because the weird thing was that the very first episode we did, uh, as I mentioned to you uh, when we were talking with Cathy, was that we never actually, you know, actively spoken together until we hit the record button. (laughs) Until we got onto that first Skype call that first day and recorded our first game, we'd never spoken in person before. We'd, We'd... you know, sent messages to each other. But immediately we hit it off. And we had this little Skype community thing that we have been, you know, operating within all that time now as well. And we've actually become, like, legitimate best friends, all of us. Wow. It is the the strangest thing, to the extent that um, Penny and Chris, who are the only other UK... Uh, folks on the podcast actually came up to spend Christmas with myself and, the, and my wife. No way! Oh, that's so um, cool. And and so they came to spend Christmas with us, having never met us before. Uh-huh. Which is How did that go down? Ridiculous. Well, I have to confess, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie. We were slightly worried because, you know, you, you speak with people and you chat with people and you share things with people, but until you actually meet them in person, and you know, you've got no guarantee that this person is not some kind of maniac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're you're kind of they and and we were taking a big risk, but yeah. as it happened, we had a wonderful time. Um, I I I still wish to goodness that we'd actually recorded. Uh, Chris and Penny and myself and my wife playing uh, Cards Against Humanity on Christmas Day (laughs) because I swear to goodness that was something else (laughs) Um, but yeah but I think yeah we have legitimately all of us kind of become really really close friends and we're able to share things now with each other that you know I would probably struggle to share with even people that I know on a fairly decent level um, in quote marks real life you know yeah right yeah yeah totally I wonder if that also is as well I mean this comes back to the thing about um, the advantages of the internet there's there is a you know that physical displacement as well it's mm-hmm. like it can really foster a lot of trust between people very quickly because yeah all the other stuff is drawn away and then it's just interaction that's left and it's great it's just you yeah yeah so i mean with our our situation we've got um we've got one guy in norway two folks in england me on an island in the freaking outer hebrides (laughs) 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 that's their official title the freaking outer hebrides um and then we've got this bunch of other folks over in the states in various locations and it's the most disparate group of nomads that you could possibly hope to come across. <laughs> and yet, throw us all together, and weirdly, everybody's kind of aligned in terms of senses of humour, and, you know, you, sometimes you will... It sounds, it sounds weird to say it's like, like hitting the, the same sort of intellectual level. Mm. Um and that kind of is part of the sense of humour thing as well. But there has been this kind of very much a meeting of minds where through it almost seems to be some kind of bizarre kind of divine intervention type thing <laughs> that this group of people who've got no business being together have been flung together and are loving every minute of it. Oh, fantastic. Well, 
it i mean that comes through like you are clearly again it's like the incomparable it's just like mm-hmm. you are just enjoying each other's company and it's just like it's impossible not to smile because it's like you know even as a listener you feel like you're the downer in that scenario if you come in yeah. with a frown but um what what time are you recording those now because we had a funny oh good dis- lord yeah <laughs> <laughs> So we we hit upon a we hit upon a a solution to our problem. Um, <laughs> the problem being that because everyone was so kind of spread out across the globe, the very first session that we recorded, we ended up recording at nine a.m. UK time, which was oh. like three four in the morning for the folks in the states, oh. and they were willing to get up to do it, <laughs> which is. Insane. Wow. I mean, if you Heroic. if you listen to the session as well, that first those first three episodes, which was the one recording session, there are moments where you will hear somebody saying, "Oh, that's the sun getting up now." That's <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so intense. Um, and so we had massive, massive scheduling problems, but we basically worked our way around this to the now that every third Saturday of the month we record, and we record at either uh, 6 or 7 p.m. UK time. So it's not too arduous a task for any of us to make that. So so now we have a set time. We just have to keep that one day clear. Yeah. Everything else is fine. Oh, but, well, and I will say something else as well, which is um, much the same as the incomparable game show thing that I was talking about earlier. Certain things will sound to other people like they are a horrendously bad idea. Like when I heard that the incomparable guys were playing Trivial Pursuit <laughs> as something that other human beings would want to listen to, I laughed because yeah. I thought that is the most preposterous and ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Why? In the name of all that is good and holy, would anybody want to listen to other people playing Trivial Pursuit and not yeah. be taking part themselves? And yet, it works. In the same way, I had zero interest in D&D all through my youth. And until I'd heard the incomparable guys playing D&D, I didn't realise that this was even an option of something that could be entertaining in any way, shape or form to play <laughs> right. or to listen yeah. to. And yet, having heard these guys with their Total, Total Party Kill podcast doing the same thing um that was my introduction to D, and from that point on i was like i've got to play this i've got to do this and i've <laughs> got to find a group of people to do it with and um yeah and here i am like a year and a half later um sitting on like nearly 40 episodes of our own D show and having an absolute riot doing it <laughs> well we should definitely encourage listeners to check out that podcast and in fact where can people find you generally as well Ian where's the best place to find you know both your output and also you so if you want to get hold of me in any way shape or form uh, Twitter is pretty good so that's at Ian McKinnon on Twitter that's I-A-I-N M-A-C-K-I-N-N-O-N and the podcast that I've been referring to is Nerd Therapy and that is at Nerd Therapy Pod on Twitter. You can also find us at. I'll have to actually check this because I haven't used the site for so long. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we do have uh, nerdtherapy.xyz or xyz if you happen to be of the North nice. American persuasion. Yeah, nice and uh, nerdtherapy.xyz, that will give you all the links to our iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, email, Facebook, all of that jazz for nerd therapy but if you just search nerd therapy in your podcatcher of choice you will find us excellent well um yeah 
I'll echo Jack in saying that people should definitely go and check it out. We, just in case you're listening to us and wondering where to find us, even though you're listening to us, we are at episode <laughs> underscore party on Twitter and we are www.episode.party uh, on the internet where you can find all of our episodes, uh, links to shows we're talking about and um, ways to get in touch if you want to share a recommendation with us or tell us pretty much anything about any of the shows we've we've talked about. I think that just about does us. So, Ian, thanks once again uh, for coming on and giving us your recommendations. It's been a pleasure. It has been an absolute delight on my part, too. It's been a lot of fun, and I'm really glad that I came because I probably wouldn't have found this stuff on my own. <laughs> Brilliant. And that's been it. Um, I've been Freddie Harrison. I've been Jack Tutor. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Hey everyone, Freddie here. If you're enjoying Episode Party, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It means a lot to us and it really helps us out. Thanks. Thanks.